Alright, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Boys. My name's Keith and I'm your dude. Josh playing as Arlo. Zenith playing as Grim. And Bryce playing as Jack Bull. And we are going to do another episode. Last time they finished up some combat outside the city of Buckland. They met the mayor of Duncan, uh, who's the new mayor of the city of B Buckland. Uh, and he is, seems to be a servant of the scale as well. And he is sending them to the, the Full Hammer Mine. Uh, he said his name was Duncan Hammerfall. Uh, he's sending them up to the Full Hammer Mine uh, after they got inside the city of Buckland. But um, this is their, has been their journey as well. We spent a lot of time on a boat, but they received a letter from, from their friends at the organization, the Servants of the Scale that they work for, uh, and it told them to go to Buckland. And they have this key that they're supposed to be seemingly delivering to some folks in Buckland. Uh, and they finally made it. And Duncan has asked him to go to the Full Hammer Mine because he believes that's who's sent for them. Uh, and on their way there, they stopped for a little bit of shopping in the in the stores of, of Buckland, and they got a lot taken care of there. There was an epic battle to get in. There was in. an epic battle as well. They yeah. fought some elementals and stuff to get inside. Um, and so they bought some things from some, <coughs> some folks. They commissioned a few enchanted items with Charles of Boonshire. Uh, now they've exited Charles of Boonshire into the cold as evening is approaching. And they are very cold. It is snowing. I'm going to head over to that snow. woman that was mentioned. Yes, Lady Lupa. Uh, Lobi uh, explained that there is a lady named Lady Lupa who makes clothing. She's a tailoress, a seamstress. <laughs> uh, in the Gentlemen, city. Didn't, uh, Gentlemen, didn't, didn't the, the uh, Duncan fella say something about he was going to make sure we, we stayed warm or something? I believe he did, yes. Just to help me out, did he say that? Did I say that as in? Yeah. Did I was gonna yeah, like warmer clothing or something. Did I was going to help you do that? He was I mean, going to give you that? Like we were going to get you some warmer clothing. You don't have to do that, I guess. No, I just I couldn't remember saying that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, okay. Um... Maybe he's got like a coupon or something. He maybe said so. for helping him out. Oh yeah, sure. He said maybe we can get you into some warmer clothes. Right. Looks like for all intents and purposes that this lady is the, the main seamstress in town. So if you were going to learn how he was going to do that, you'd probably learn it from her. Who? The lady that Lobi told you about. Lady okay. Lupa. Okay. Gotcha. I'm not saying you're trying to pull one over on me. I just I'm said a lot last game and I didn't remember what I said. I totally so, lied. I said I totally lied. We're pulling this over on you. Okay. Cool. You have no idea, though. I put a lozenge in my mouth because my throat hurting from talking like Charles. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Charles you guys is a rough, rough dude. head over there to Lupa's. Of, of all the places in town, hers is the most ornate. There is cloth uh, hanging out in uh, under her awning, and you know the building that she seems to live in, the stores in. It's it's the you can see uh, lantern light and torch light coming out of the windows and they're like kind of some not, not tapestries but cloth banners and stuff hanging to kind of show some of her wares and you know you can see like tunics and pants and things sewn into those kind of advertising that she is a seamstress uh and you guys walk in little bell rings as you walk in and there are all kinds of fabrics and and wolf pelts and and, and bear pelts and all kind of pelts that are adorning the walls and there's a lady uh an old human lady with gray hair and she's a little bit on the larger side uh, and 
Um, she's wrapped in a big fur coat uh, that looks like it's it's fairly old, and and she's sitting next to the hearth of the fire that's in this room, where she sells her wares, and she's in a, a rocking chair near her fire. Uh, if you walk into the door to the left is her big hearth, um, and then towards the back is like the counter where she would sell goods um, and stuff like that. But you walk ma'am, do you have some warmth you could spare? Good evening. My name is Lady Looper. <laughs> there's a proper old lady. Huh? What? I said, now there's a proper old lady. <laughs> Good evening. That's not a gruff voice at all. <laughs> no. Good evening. Uh, welcome to my shop. <laughs> I've been making clothes a long time. You sound like an outlander, someone who's from the, excuse me, mainlander. You sound like you're someone from the mainland. I like this voice. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yes, we are. We're from the mainland, as you said. She hasn't turned around yet. She's still looking in her fire. She says, You must be the boys that Duncan came and told me to give you some clothing for free. Yeah, we, we like free clothing, particularly if it's the warm kind. Why? I like Duncan well enough, but why should I give you some of my clothes for free? I spend a lot of time, and I may not have a lot of time left on this earth. I'm trying to store up some things for my grandkids. I'm out here giving you clothes for free just because you didn't think to bring bring warm clothes on your trip. We killed some orcs at the town gate. Oh, did you? Yeah, they was trying to, to come back for culling ahead of time. How many did you kill? Oh, hundreds. Six. I don't 600. believe you killed hundreds. Uh, it seems like a number that's a little bit too high. But six seems reasonable. Mm. I do hate an orc, especially when that they take people from us. All right, fine, I'll give you some clothes for free, but they won't be the prettiest ones I've got. Well, <laughs> what, what, what if you be? <laughs> that's her. <laughs> Choked on a little bit of age there. So what, what, you know, what, what if you just gave us a discount? We got something a little bit nicer. Oh, no, it's fine. Duncan's a good mayor. I'll do right by him, absolutely. You can have something for free. I've got some, some fur-lined uh, jackets and things for you uh, that uh, you can have if you want. I'll be needing some of that. Please. Absolutely. She goes and hobbles. She stands up out of her... Jerry and hobbles back to her uh, behind her counter and she like goes sifting through a few things. Arlo wants some fur lined underwear. Hmm. Um, so yeah, she she pulls up some things, she like kinda eyes you through her like spectacles and, and sizing you up and down. And she pulls out things that look to be perfectly sized for all five of you. Um, she gets some trousers, uh, if you want to pull those on and and some big coats with, that seem to be fur-lined. Some of them look like they might have bear fur on the inside. Some of them look like they might have might have uh, wolf fur on the inside. Cool. And they've got big kind of like um, Jedi hoods on all these coats, on these cloaks that you, she gives you. And she says, Well, I think this ought to suffice for you. Yes, that should do it. Thank you. to keep you warm. Works for me. Thank you very much. If you're here to kill orcs, it's my pleasure to serve you. But next time, you will have to pay a little bit. That's understandable. Not a problem. So all of her stuff, she grants resistance to all effects of cold. 
and resistance to piercing damage. Um, so if you get if, it, if you take some stabbing or piercing damage, you'll only take half damage from these things because they be thick boys. Or cold damage. Or cold damage, correct. Cool. But wearing these coats, and if it's not cold, you will be fatigued. Okay. You will be. That's a condition, right? Fatigued. Nope. Or what's it? Is exhaustion. It? it might be. Hold on. It will be a level of exhaustion. Mm. And it will increase the longer you wear it in the heat. So in this pile of things that look like they'd fit me, do I see fur-lined boots? Yeah, sure. Okay. I want to do. I want to get some fur boots, and a scarf, and like a, a like a woolen vest or something. Because I already wear like the big overcoat thing. Okay. She, yeah, she 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 put out like kind of a big smorgasbord for you to take what you think you need. So. And some long johns. Okay, so yeah, you slide all those on. Start to feel toasty. Jack was fully nude and prepared <laughs> to get some clothes. She will picture that she has a place to change. Well, while she's helping Jack figure out what all he's getting and everything. Jack's wearing a mask and a smile. <laughs> <laughs> Can't see the smile. Yes. <laughs> um, can I like sort through my hat and see if there's there's any books that look like they might have like different styles of like clothing or something like that. Um, I had 80 books. I got rid of five. So yeah, I think we said we'd roll to see like if you found anything. We'll just roll to see if that exists in your hat. Just um, a straight. Yeah, one. roll a d20 and now five. Okay, that was my thing. If it was above five, it would exist. So yeah, you, there's a like a rudimentary sewing book in your thing, like kind of basic basic sewing and. Um, and it comes from it comes from the capital. This book, so it's got like different styles. The way like in the Hunger Games, they have all those weird clothes. Like in the capital, they dress a little differently. So you have a little different styles than she might have seen. Hmm. Okay, I wanna um, I wanna leave that book on the counter. Oh, is this you leaving this for me? Yeah, I, I found it. And I just I'm not a, I'm not a sewing type person. So. Oh well, thank you. I'll. I'll be sure to look through it, absolutely. Sounds, sounds good. I just, you know, try, try to do a good thing for you there. It's <coughs> <laughs> like a whole there. squirrel comes out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I pushes it behind the camera. <laughs> I appreciate you, little one. You might want to learn how to chew your poop a little bit better. As the dentures. <laughs> these fake teeth. <laughs> Not the squirrel. <laughs> do you know where uh, we could get enchanted clothes? You don't happen to enchant clothes, do you? I don't. I'm not particularly magical myself. You'll actually find that the population of people here, and I feel like I've, the voice changed a lot, and I'm, try, I'm trying to get back to old pitch. lady. Old lady! That's a little better. Yeah. Right? Nope. It was less straining on your voice. Yeah. Old lady. Old lady. That'll work. A yeah. little bit older. Yeah. You'll, you'll find that most people here are not particularly magical. Um, Buckland seems to attract the more rough-and-tumble folk who uh, can't make it a lot of other places. <clears throat> As you know, our world doesn't treat the non-magical very kind any longer. Oh, no, I'm not, not versed in enchanting myself. That's a pity. Thank you, anyway. You're very welcome. Pardon I'm going to leave. Apologies to the audience for the voice discrepancies throughout the show. Alright. I'm saying this first. Yeah, yeah, I walk out the door. I'm walking down to the mine. Okay. Now if they talk and they say something else to the old lady, they're not going to be with me when I get to the mine first. Okay. So yeah, Grim has left the building. Are you following him or are you, what are y'all doing? I'm heading that way. Okay. What I'm doing right now. 
I'll wait a minute, then go out the door. <laughs> you don't have to. It's just I want to look at myself in the mirror. <laughs> Misiko and Merb as well are they've they've slid their stuff on. They're very Misiko says, "Oh, I've never been so warm in my life." <laughs> and Burb says, "Me neither." Should we assume Misiko is cold blooded? Um, I mean, you could. He I guess. died before we made it to the shore. He froze solid. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, right um, Wait, he's from here though. Yeah, nah, he does live fine. in Medieval. He's, he's fine. He's good. But he's not very wealthy. This is still over there at the mirror. Yeah. He, he, he wouldn't have had the money to buy this stuff himself. All right, so is everybody leaving? Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure doing business with you. Thank you, and I will hopefully see you around. Sounds good. Thank you very much. She goes back to her rocking chair and... <laughs> I'm going to take this time to get the cleaver that I got from Fark, the white-handled one, Jack's wife's cleaver, yeah. and I'm going to put that one on my belt in place of the one that is currently being enchanted. Cool. So she had a tear or two? Uh, maybe. More like a determined look. Okay. Less Ooh. like I'm upset, more like I'm gonna do this blade, some do this blade proud. Okay. So you guys walk through the city down to the south, and to the south of the city, um, after you kind of leave the main buildings and the buildings kind of thin out, there's a kind of an open area. You're still within the wall, the, the large stone walls of the city, but towards the back on the edge of the city walls you can see what looks like a very large cabin um, next to some smaller outbuildings. Um, uh, and you, on the way, you can see um, a little bit of signage on the way up that says the Full Heart Manor. Um, it's an imposing and large cabin constructed of great thick logs of, of a dark brown color. The roof is shingled with dark blue shingles, and as the snow blows in, it packs itself into the concave areas between the logs of the walls. The building is two stories tall, very large, and sits near what looks to be a mine. Uh, there's several outbuildings near a stone door uh, that is dug into the ground. So you've got this big cab, this big imposing cabin kind of on the left. On the right you have smaller wooden outbuildings that kind of surround this stone door that looks to be the, the door to a mine. Um, <clears throat> not, but it doesn't look like ruins. You shouldn't be confused that this is the ruins that we were discussing earlier. Um, uh, there are several outbuildings, yada, yada, yada. That door is uh, open wide. Outside of that door and organized very well are mine. It looks like mining equipment, carts, cranes, uh, tools that are uh, sitting out there and they're you know, organized like they're about to be used or have been used. Uh, and the sounds of work can be heard from inside and torchlight flickers through the light snowfall as the party walks up to the manor. Boom. Um, with Jack slightly behind with bourbon. What's his guy? Yeah. So you, you guys are all, you know, you guys are all together. We'll say, as you kind of walk up. Um, I don't think you stuck around long enough to not just do a quick job on the way out to catch up to Grim and them. Um, unless you want to be separate. Okay. Um, outside, before you make it to the manor, you are greeted by a, what we'll say is vague, a vaguely familiar young man. He's that sh very large, just beef prince of a man uh, that you rescued in the bottom of the Wither Branch Manor, the, the Lonesome Constable's Manor. Oh, yeah. He's the, the, son. the son of the, the, two, the, the people that you rescued. He is hey. the brother to Justine and the son of Albert and Corinne Fullhart. This is Torque 
full heart. He is a big, beefy boy. He's just ripped. He's wide. Uh, he's muscly. He's got his. He's kind of got his like Han Solo coat on. He's got a. He's got a his fur lined, um, you know, coat on, and he walks up to you. He says, oh, "Greetings to you all. It's been weeks since you freed us from that miserable dungeon." Um, Possibly a year. It's been. It's been a while. It's been. A, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a, a year for us. Uh, it's been a long time since uh, we. Uh, since you rescued us, and, and frankly, we were surprised to see you here so soon. Uh, you must have made great haste to join us. Uh, it's great that you're here, no doubt. Uh, you have seen some trouble along the way. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, question, like, where's everybody else? We, I mean, everybody kind of dis disapparated, or what you call it? Everybody else? My family, you mean? Yeah, everybody just kind of like, and there we're gone. Oh, all that will be... Uh, explained in time. We've. But everybody's all right. Oh, everyone's okay. Uh, we've come to learn, in the last several weeks, uh, what happened there, and the, the secret is that, just Justine has some strange powers going going on in her, and I can't explain it as good as my father can, um, but essentially, something happened, and she uh, teleported us back here, or blinked us, or world walked, or what? I don't know what it was, but. She, she transported us almost instantaneously, instantaneously back here. It didn't hurt, or it didn't feel very good. It hurt pretty bad, uh, but we recovered fairly quickly, and and now we're uh, she's learning how to kind of use that at will a little bit. But that you didn't you're, you didn't hear come to hear all that. Um, it's, but it's, it's so good to see you. What exactly? What um, ha, did you have a good travel? Was it easy to get here? Did you what what happened? Uh, we haven't seen you in a while. We've been expecting you. Walk in a park. Yeah, well, it was no. So not not a lot of obstacles in your way. Nothing we couldn't handle. No, 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 really, not no. particularly. Yeah. Okay. I almost died. Oh, uh, really? Three <laughs> times, both of us, all of us. Well, actually, he did die a little bit. A little that's bit. Very. Yeah, but he's all right, man. It's very yeah. impressive. Uh, I don't. I, I don't want to, you know, seem like too forward. But did you bring the item that uh, my father? I believe we sent. A, they sent a letter and requested for you to bring. No. Maybe. Small? No. You got it from Simon Simon? He was a real wretch of a young man. What item? The key. Oh, yes, I have that in my person. You have that in your person? I have it on my person. Okay. <laughs> All right, so... Um, oh, wait. Is that for the ruins? Um, I don't know exactly what it's for. I'm my father knows more about that. Huh? I'm going to the ruins. I leave forever. Never coming back. I'm going Party. into the wilderness. So what are you doing? No, nothing. I'm just. Waiting. So <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're not doing any. Okay. No. Um, I did ask if it was for the ruins, but is, I'm not exactly sure what it's for. But I do know it's a it's a very important key that my father has re has requested that you bring. And if you've brought it, you're obviously very capable, a capable party of adventurers, and we're glad to have you here. And we are in your debt. But, like I said, my father knows far more than I do, so I will take you to him now. And I will get back to my, my chores and work around, you know, the mine. What, what do you do around here? Uh, odds and ends. I keep the mine running and make sure we're gathering as much as we can, uh, as well as um, I can run a little bit of protection. I know my way around weapons, know, know my way around to fight. I was trained a lot. I'm, 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 as you can see, I'm a pretty large man and <clears throat> I can handle myself pretty well. Um, my father and mother don't tend to send me out on, you know, missions. Or anything, they try to keep me close and 
mostly what I need to make sure of is that Justine is safe. And uh, that's my biggest job is based on what my parents say is, and it's what I want to do is keep her safe. That's, that's admirable right there. Hey, what you, you say y'all keep operations running smooth. What, what kind of what, what kind of mine y'all got here? I mean, is this coal or metal? Or what you got? Again, I think my father would want to explain exactly what we're mining. Oh, uh, sounds, sounds <clears throat> good. Don't want to take up your whole day. But I'll say this. It used to be, a, it. we used to mine, you know, gold and other minerals. Not, not other things like that, not minerals. Bitcoin. Gold and ores, and, yeah. We, it used to be a, a financial pursuit, but it's less so now. But I believe my father will want to explain that. And as he's having this conversation, he's kind of leading you up to the cabin. We do that. Anything else you guys want to discuss with Torque as you head off? Because he'll stop at the door, and um, he, op he opens the door to this manor for you. You walk up onto the, this big porch, um, and he opens the door to it, and he leads you inside. And he says, uh, into the right is where father and mother will be. Thank you very much. Good to, see you. Good to see you safe again. Yes, uh, and I believe I'll be seeing you ag again before before we see morning. I think there's a task for us all to, to get into. I'm actually going to prepare for that now. Uh, but again, my father, mother will, will tell you about what, what, what we need from you. I will see you all later. Sounds good. Goodbye. Don't get sucked up in no teddy bear now. I will not. Though it has happened before, you're right. <laughs> you, you, Finger guns. Yeah, he walks away, uh, and the door opens, and you are now in this uh, grand foyer of a great cabin. Um, it's like a it looks like a cabin, but it's very mannery, very mansiony. Um, there's a big staircase that leads up to a second level, like in front of you in this foyer. The outer walls of this building are wooden, but many of the inner walls you see are made of stone. Uh, and the floor is hardwood. In a grand room to the right of the entry, uh, there's a big, long wooden table. Uh, this room looks like it was obviously once a dining room, but now it seems to serve as like a planning room uh, for a burgeoning rebellion. There are maps and parchments strewn about. A large model of the city stands uh, on the on the middle of the table, um, uh, and with that model kind of has like small household items you can see placed around it seeming to indicate different you know, th points of interest or whatever it is they wanted to put on there. Um, <clears throat> and standing at the end of the table near this kind of, so the, excuse me, the, the model is not in the middle of the table, it's on the table near the end where these people are. At the end of that table is Albert Fullhart, which you rescued from the dungeon of uh, Ronald Witherbranch. Uh, he is standing with his hands on the table, kind of looking down, puzzling over a map. Um, and his wife, Corinne Fullhart, who you also rescued, is sitting with her hands on her temples, staring at the same map nearby. Uh, she is sitting down, not standing. And then Justine Fullhart, the little girl that you rescued that sucked everybody into a teddy bear, uh, is walking around happily with that same stuffed bear, kind of hanging out and doing, uh, you know, little girl stuff. Playing, sitting, doing things. And this is what you see when you walk in. Hey, Mr. Fullhart. Ah! Oh, welcome to our... A big welcome to our heroes. See, Corey, I told you they'd arrive any day now. There's no need, no need to be worried. And look, it indeed is any day today. Just any old day? Yes. All right. I look, uh, I look over to Jack and whisper, this man's odd. <laughs> Come in, sit down. I see you brought... More friends? We've we've not we've not met these others. 
He was living in a cage when we found him. Very true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, this, a teddy bear. This, true. this Kinku is Burb, and this other man is Misko. And I'll assume you've met Duncan. You No, no doubt you're in the city only because you've met our mayor and he allowed you in, so I assume that uh, these new folks you brought in are trustworthy. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Now, Bur Burb here, our friend, he, he was instrumental in your escape. This is true. Well, I thank you, Burb. I thank you a great deal. You, you have done more than you know in allowing us to escape. You certainly have. Uh, Corinne, his wife, speaks up and says, It would be hard to call it perfect timing, but we are glad you finally arrived. I trust you carry the item we mentioned in, we mentioned in our summons for you. What is it for? Oh, we'll explain in due time, but you do have it. What is it for, though? It's a key. Yes. It's a key to open doors that have been sealed by a powerful magic that none other seems to be able to open. Couldn't just teddy bear it over. No, certainly not. Because they didn't have it at the time. That is true. But now I have it. You do? Yes, but yes it is a very important key that we need to uh, enact what will be the second phase of our plan here. But Which is? How about this? How about I start from the beginning? And, or, excuse me. How about I let Albert start from the beginning and he'll <laughs> explain uh, what's going on here. Um, and I'll continue thinking about this while he explains this. Shut up, woman, I'll <laughs> tell the story. <laughs> um, he says, but first, before I explain that, um, he says, you, sir, with the yellow skin, your name? Misiko, was it? Yes. <laughs> he says, yes, it is uh, Misiko. Uh, I am just, actually, I'm, I'm not uh, permanently with this group here. I am just traveling south to Medine's Beard, where I live, and you know, make my, my wares. I traveled to the, the mainland, and I did not have a good time selling. Shouldn't I'm, you have left us by now, Misko? You know your way from here. You're a local. Well, it is almost nighttime, and I was actually about to ask. I was hoping that maybe, uh, being that I have helped you get here, maybe, uh, Miss, Mr. Albert, you would provide me with a supply or two for the rest of my journey. It will be several more days if I'm to travel alone before I get back to my home. And like I said, I have lost all that I have. And Albert says, well, if you are a friend of these men who have come here and brought this very important item to us, you are absolutely a friend of ours. You may certainly uh, take some of our supplies for your journey home. You may absolutely stay here. We hope that you'll stay for the next two or three days <laughs> uh, just to rest up before your journey as well as I believe we do have some strong weather coming in as well. So we wouldn't want you traveling in the weather. Uh, but if you would like to go and um, actually if you'd like to go outside and go find Duncan, he should be he heading up this way as we speak. He may get you set up with, with your supplies as well and a place to stay for the night. What we're about to discuss in here is, is uh, very boring. Uh, a lot of minutia, a lot of planning, so it's really not anything you're concerned with at all anyway if you're going to be leaving us. No revolutions happening in here. <laughs> nope. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, so Misiko says, ah, yes, very well. I will go out doors and wait for Duncan then. And he leaves. So I'll take Duncan too. Huh? Just taking everything inside. Yeah. <laughs> just get everything off the table. He's just going to pick up Duncan, take him to everything. Did you want Poxy back? No, you can have Poxy. Oops. Okay, so he walks outside and he says, Now, speaking of Duncan, uh, no doubt you met him on the way up, like I said. Uh, he was at the gate trying to ward off a culling that was coming a little too early. Oh, yes, they did. You you, you all helped. I there, was, there was a battle then? Yes. It's, it's, I assume Duncan's all right. Did we have any casualties? Everything Is everyone okay? or did we? No, everything's fine. 
We Wonderful. lost several orcs. <laughs> ah, I do not mind that at all. <laughs> Don't know where they went. They're just lost. The ones that fight in the army are... Oh, and a horse. Are, are, are poor horses. Our oh, yes. soulless husks, anyway. They are nothing but grist for the mill uh, and something to oppress us with. The horse was the last mirror. And they're trying to double dip on these cullings as well, and I just... I wish they would stop. I wish that they would they would quit doing this and they wouldn't force our hands so much, but they're, they're ramping up their... They're ramping up their, their desires for us, and I fear that we will have a, a bigger force on our hands soon, but after all, the key. Let me explain the key. So, uh, the key is made of a most peculiar element, uh, and I no doubt imagine that you have encountered some of this on your travels, right? You've, you, surely you have seen this, this obsidian black element before. Because yeah, no. the key is made of the same material that you had that rock that you used to get into the yeah, no, I was trying to remember if Grimm had seen it. Yes, Jack had a rock of some sort of similar material. So when I picked up the key, nothing happened? No, no, okay. it didn't. Nothing happened with that key. Um, is sorry, that not on your little tie button thing? Yeah, but Grimm doesn't know it's the same. He just thinks it's a black rock. Oh. Yeah. Um, so he says, um, well, let me explain a little bit about, about that material. We call it planium, uh, and we really don't know much about it, but what we do know is that it is quite the conduit for the energies of our universe here. Uh, it holds great arcane power, uh, and it manifests in different ways. Uh, some of it is just pure, uh, pure ore that is, is undirected in any certain way, but there are some things like this key that the gods or some other force has fashioned into an item with a use. So if you had just a stone of it, um, who knows what that could, if with, was fashioned for any sort of specific use, or this key uh, is actually a key that will uh, open these, like I said, uh, or I believe Corinne maybe said, uh, sealed doors uh, in our world. There are several doors that are sealed that um, may some even have remained unfound. We know of two that we are unable to open. And there are treasures and, and items behind those doors uh, that we need. But first of all, I need to. I want to explain this planium stuff because I have no doubt that you don't know a lot about it because most people don't. I've have you ever heard, heard this word planium before? No. Very well. Then you are starting at zero, and it is my my pleasure to try to explain some of this. A I'll live at zero. Yeah. So I had no idea that this stuff existed until I was elected to the high council several years ago. Uh, it was my during that time on the council that I witnessed the gravity of the existence of this material. And it is what led to my resignation from the council as well. Uh, we haven't had time today to do a full, we don't have the time till today to do a full lesson on planium, but suffice it to say the following. Our world is but one world on one plane of existence among many hundreds. Uh, the high council has used planium to peer into other worlds, and they have seen power beyond the likes that is known here. Uh, they are now using chaos and corruption to sow discord in our world, throw off the balance of our plane, and use that imbalance to gain arcane power and take the things that they have seen beyond our world. The more they destroy here, the more cracks they form in our plane of existence, the more power they can acquire from beyond our world. Now, I don't know yet how exactly they're doing this, and I don't know yet even if they have found a way to actually acquire this power that they're seeking, but I know that they're trying. Uh, and I know that that is what they seek, is more power and they kill as many innocents as are required to get there, which you have seen already. They are drunk with power, and they thirst for more. 
And our goal as a servant of the scale, which I'm sure uh, Corgus uh, has told you, is to, to stop them and to set right the balance of our world. So, planium. We call it that because there are planes of existence. We call it that because we know these things. No one is, we're not traveling across them or anything yet. But the High Council is using this material. It is, a, it is the most powerful material uh, in our world. Uh, and that's actually what we're mining in the mine. It used to be a gold mine. It used to be a mine for financial gain. But now we've found a vein of planium. And it's one of the things keeping our operations of servants Do you float. have some of this here with you now? Yes, we do have some here. Can I touch it? Not right now. Let, let's finish this conversation first. I have things to, I want to explain uh, to you as well. In what amount do you extract it from the mine? Is it something incredibly small. rare? Or? It is incredibly rare. The ore uh, is incredibly rare. The veins are small, and we have very small trace amounts of it here. The High Council, on the other hand, ha is shipping it in by the, by the ton. Where are they getting it from? Other mines around the world. Uh, actually, what they, uh, the Cullings... They are taking people to, you know, they take people under the guise of uh, public works projects and things, but really they, all the people who are taken for cullings are either executed or put down in mines to mine for this planium so that they can continue their research, they can continue uh, their, their uh, seeking of this greater power through the passage through other planes. Now again, I don't think that they've figured out a way to pass through other planes yet, but I know that's what they're trying to do. And the way that they're doing that is they're throwing off the balance of our world by increasing death and uh, decreasing life and goodness here. But anyway, back to the key. The key is fabled to be able to open many of these god magic sealed doors that I've discussed. Uh, we have reason to believe after much reading that a certain magical item lies beyond one of these sealed doors. And we need you because you've proven yourself capable. And we cannot leave our headquarters here. There's too much to be done uh, as well as... I know that I'm certainly not as capable in any sort of adventure or fight as you all. You have displayed an ability to not only save me from destruction, but also to get yourselves from uh, lonesome to Buckland in, in what seems to be record time, honestly. I don't know if you'd call us what you might say capable so much as somewhere near a level of competence. Well, Mr. Arlo, it's, you are here, so you are obviously capable enough. And honestly, we don't have too many people to send out on things anymore anyway. So I'll take it. We'll need you. To, we need to send you on a on a, another adventure, <laughs> sadly. Um, but we have reason to believe that this key opens these doors. We have intelligence to suggest that the council knows about us. They know we have intelligence that leads us to believe that they know where we are, and they know that we have created this organization to try to stop them. So the artifact we are looking for, if it exists, will allow we servants to escape an early demise. And if we do not find this item before the council finds us, and besides the strike, we will either all die or be so few that we'll have to begin from scratch. Where do you want us to go? What do you want us to get? I will need you to travel to the mainland again. Now, it won't take oh, as long, I God. promise. We have, we have a way to get you there much faster. But in the Bone Mountains, there's a, there's a ruin. And behind the door there, we believe that there is an item... That again, I need. I want to get through all this information because I have something Corinne has to tell you. But it's essentially it's called Moradin's tiny, tiny, tiny orb. Uh, the god dwarf god Moradin is fabled to have created a magical item uh, that uh, we believe will be able to save our little enterprise. In what way, we're not certain, but we have an idea. <clears throat> but this is back on the mainland. Yes, it is back on the mainland. It's the, the very center. Map. 
me. And as he's speaking, and you guys are kind of like looking around and taking this in, Corinne says, Albert, darling, you're getting carried away. We have slightly more pressing matters to attend to now before sending our new friends on another grand adventure. You seem to be wasting a lot of time. I need... What is the point, sir? Let's Corinne finish. Like I said, I am getting carried away. We cannot send you away before we ask you to do one more... one more task. So what is this one thing you want us to do then? She will tell you now. Okay, do it. Here, I will tell you now, of course. Uh, you do, as you no doubt, you saw at the gate that fight that you went through. Uh, we were, uh, was it, how many were there? Six. Do you want us to go to the fort? No, I do not need you to go to the fort. I need you to gather some, some supplies to help us fight the next time the orcs come back. When that party does not return back to the fort, they will send likely enforce many more orcs and without what the without going to gather some supplies uh we may not survive the onslaught they may overtake the gate and they may begin stealing us out of here in greater numbers and even worse they may come and attack our little enterprise and throw us off you just assume we didn't ask them politely to leave and they were like okay we're just gonna leave well, we told them we killed them yeah we did. we did so what i need you to do um, we need you to do some hunting. Have you all hunted before? Killed animals? What do you need us to hunt? A little bit. We need you to do some hunting uh, of some animals that do not current, normally live in our world. They are products of this imbalance that the, the council is, is setting for us. There, uh, there are pockets in, in our world now where creatures from other worlds or, or objects from other worlds pass into our world without any sort of control. So, these creatures that I'm talking about can control it, some cannot. But they're called, we've taken to calling them Blinxes. Uh, they, are, they are these cat-like creatures. that They live near the coast, and Torque is going to take you there if you agree to go hunt them. Um, they, they appear at the coast, and they are like fish, fish cats for all I can, that's what they look like. They've got big, you know, fish eyes and fins and... They're extremely large, like fish lions, more like fish cat, more than fish cats. But what's important about them is their teeth. We Definitely not a catfish. Not a catfish. <laughs> we need. Do they do they suck things up? No, they do. Well, they eat. Do things. they have some sort of semblance of time control? No time control. Is this their origin, though? Time control. Blinks the time sweeper. No, it is He's not. a cat that can control time. Excuse He's me. A video I'm sorry. Game. I understand your reference now. Big eyes. <laughs> yep. Um. Anyway. Uh, what's important about these creatures are their teeth. They have long black fangs. Ooh. And these creatures, we have learned the hard way, that whenever they bite you, they have the ability to transport you back to what we believe to be their home world, their home plane of existence. They blink you out of existence, essentially, if they bite you. Uh, they have that choice. Some people have been bitten and not gone anywhere. Some people have been bitten and boop, they blink out of existence. We need you to go and kill several of these creatures and bring back their teeth. Because, after dealing with these creatures a lot, we are constantly, as our small rebellion, we are constantly trying to figure out ways to best the orc army, to, to gain an upper hand when we have smaller numbers. So, we've killed one before. We took their teeth and we attached them to arrows. And in testing, if we fired an arrow at something made of flesh, something that was living, that creature boop, blinked out of existence. Every time? Every time. Excellent. It seems. How it, many do you need? We need a lot. How? Um, I have to imagine. Uh, I would prefer you kill. You come back with no less than six blinks's worth of teeth. 
Arlo's like looking around in his pack for like pliers and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, without their brain, without their mind to control their powers, the the magic instantly works with these with these teeth. And we believe that if you can bring back enough teeth, an orc onslaught on our on our walls with enough archers should be, if not instantly taken out, it should be very easy to combat these creatures, or to, to combat the orcs with these teeth. Um, so, would you be willing to go hunt some down for us? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The two doors that you know of. Yes. Where's the second one? We know of one in the Bone Mountains. The other is here, in the ruins of Axnamore. You know what kind of item might be near or around that door? The other one's got the little orb thing, right? I, we, d we don't know if there's anything specific behind that door. If there's nothing, we uh, just know that it's sealed. Um, the only research that we have been focused on is, is Moradin's orb, because we believe that it can uh, shield us from an onslaught from the council. Now, of course, even if this fort sends all of its all of its orcs in force, it will be nothing compared to what the council will bring if they do find out where we are and they do decide to kill us all. So, first, we need you to bring back some teeth. Second, we need to send you on a journey to the mainland. Hmm. What do you believe the orb does? We believe that this orb, and based on its based on its uh, information that we've seen, and this is. Um, Albert is getting excited as Corinna is speaking. He says, we believe that it's able to, it will be able to suck us all in. That this orb is, is it can hold a, a, a large swath of, of, the, of, of creatures and an area within it. The, the, it's fabled to be able to, one uh, a user may use it. And within a great radius, all life and everything around it gets sucked in and can live in stasis inside that orb for as long as the supplies that get sucked in will allow the person to last. Uh, and an outside user can take that orb to another place and use it again, and then poof, everything that is within is now without. And you essentially, we could move our whole operation to anywhere we wanted so much as, so long as the person carrying the orb remained safe and didn't have it, you know, stolen or broken. Um, so. Our goal is to, if this thing exists, to bring it back. And we imagine that it's only a matter of time before the council comes for us, if they do have intelligence on where it is, where we are. We want to bring the orb back, suck up our whole operation, and move it elsewhere. What, what, now, this is just me asking, but of course, we got to go back to the mainland mm -hmm. to get your little orb. Correct. But there's something else. This, like, right around the corner over at the Axnamore place. Maybe. We don't know what's in there. Should we go check that now first since we're already here? Absolutely not. Okay. The orb is the priority. All right. If we do not have the orb before the, before the council comes, I don't know what we'll do. All right. Sounds, sounds like a plan. We need to go get you some tooths. Tooths. If you don't mind, of course. Yeah. At, Let's let's we go. We got ahead more and get time today, or what? Let's go ahead and get the teeth. Yeah. Okay. So Torque has, has said that he is willing to take you out hunting. If you would like to take, you know, sleep a few hours. I don't know if you need any rest. You're perfectly able to do that. Or if you'd like to go ahead and go now, I believe Torque is ready. Uh, he will take you out into the wilderness out near the coast, and he will take you to their their pool where they live. Uh, but 
I need to I need to give you some caution. And Corinne says, Yes, extreme caution. Because she looks she looks over at Justine who is playing and not really paying attention to this conversation at all, and she says, You're gonna have to take take Justine with you. Why? Because she's the if you get blinked out, she's the only one who can bring you back. Okay, if we're doing that, I'm going to need to take a nap first. Okay. I'm I'm going to go to sleep. You have plenty of time to take a nap. Excellent. Absolutely. You got, got a place where we can kind of bed down a little while? Sure. You you all are family in our home. For You have rescued us from an untimely demise. Not only us, but our children. You may sleep in our home tonight. And he, they, she says, upstairs there are plenty of places, uh, rooms for you to sleep. If you'd prefer to bunk together, there are big bunk rooms. Sleep. Or if you'd like a private room, you can have one as well. Um, just find your way to a vacant room, and you can enjoy a night's sleep there or however long. Uh, at about no later than 2 a.m., we need you gone to hunt. Okay. Torque is prepared. Thank you very much. Well, we'll see, uh, we'll see what we can do about it. Wonderful. Again, men, Arlo, Grim, Jack, Little Burb. Grim Jack. Thank you so much for all that you have done so far. It is no trouble at all. Yes, we, we appreciate you, we need you, and without you, our whole little rebellion maybe belly up before the month is out. We thank you for your service. So what we do. <laughs> okay. We will see you in the morning. All right. So you yeah, guys go sure up and take a little sleep. nap. Be fine. Are we taking a full rest? Um, it is it's just gotten dark, but it's winter time, so I guess, yeah, you could probably squeeze in a full rest. Did I see, like, a wood pile outside? Sure. Jack's going to go outside and split some logs okay. and add to the pile of wood. He doesn't sleep, so... Okay, cool. Arlo's going to find a room and saw some logs. Okay, that sounds good. But Jack doesn't have to sleep, and I don't think he really likes to sleep. Okay. Um, for the sake of... Uh, yeah, pro- Torque is probably busy. He's probably getting some sleep, too. I was going to have a conversation with you, but that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, so, uh, Torque is also getting some sleep, so everybody's resting. Jack, you're cutting logs uh, and being a nice, a general nice fella for doing that. Thank you for doing that. They're pleased. You have mask on or mask off at this point? Always on. Always on. Keeps my nose warm now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. So at 2 a.m. Smoldering embers. You are there. all you are all awoken with a knock on your door, and you can hear the voice of Torque outdoors out, outside saying, "All right, everybody, wake up. It's time to go." We gotta get some blankses. Let's do this. You guys open the door. Torque is standing there. He's got himself a couple of javelins stashed in his back. A child asleep in his arms. (laughs) 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 Uh, And he actually has as well. um, He's got a a, another hand axe. Axes seem to be popular out here. Um, And Justine is on. Yes, is is kind of like he is carrying her. She still seems to be a little bit snoozy. This is like a five-year-old girl um, that he's carrying around. She is uh, got. She's still clutching her little teddy bear, and she is kind of fast asleep in Torque's arms. He says, "All right, everyone, we're going to head out into the wilderness. Um, everybody bundled up, I assume." Yes. Okay, we're heading out to the coast. Keep your hoods up. It'll be windy. Uh, and he walks out. He like picks up Justine's little hood. Make sure she's bundled up as he's, you know, carrying her out. Um, and uh, on their way out, they see Jack still cutting wood. 
Sure. <laughs> Eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like a, a pile of wood as tall as the house. The pile reaches to the second story windows. Yeah. We just walk out the window. Half of the house is missing. Torque <laughs> stops you, or stops, he says, Jack, did you split all this wood for us? Yeah, I wasn't particularly tired, and I felt a bit restless. Oh. Well, thank you so much. It was my pleasure. You ready to hunt some blankses? Yes. Let's go. All right. Now, I would like to inform you all, and this is as you guys are traveling out. So you guys walk through the city. Um, there's not a lot of torches lit. It still is very, of course, early in the morning. This is even before people are starting to wake up to get started to work. Uh, so the city is pretty dead. Uh, you guys walk out, and you pass through a, a western gate of the city, and you're headed west to the coast. And as you get away from the city and down towards the coast, um, they're very small vegetation, but most of this area is very marshy, cold and marshy. Um, uh, let me respond to uh, a message real quick. Sorry, seems urgent. Uh, sorry. So you guys are it's very marshy, very cold. The ground begins to get soft. Uh, under your feet, there is uh, cold, almost frosty grass swaying back and forth, um, and the vegetation gets a little bit thicker. And there's some like mangrovey typey trees out there, but mostly small vegetation. It, it's about a two or three mile walk away from the city, so it's a long little hike that you guys have gone through. And your the sea is always on your right side as you're walking out. Um, in the distance, you can see on the outside of the city the ruins of Axnamore that you assume would be those ruins because you see like kind of some stretching uh, pillars and some other things over there. Um, and Torque actually points it out. He says, those are the ruins. Um, we're assuming that the key you brought can open the door there as well as the one in the Bone Mountains. So maybe at some point we'll be have availability to try that as well. Uh, but, of course, priorities. Uh, and he keeps walking. And after, at the end of your trip, you approach uh, a perfect circle in the vegetation. Um, everything is very random and marshy. You know, you're clomping through mud and stuff like that. Uh, but this area is just a perfect circle. I pull out the cane of freeze water. Nice. The circle is probably about 100 feet wide. Very big pool. It looks like it would be a tide pool, except it's perfectly circular. And then when you look at it, is the water is a is a different color than the sea. The sea is a very dark blue, almost black at this time of night. Um, but when you look at this water in the moonlight, it is almost a bright green color, almost as green as algae. Mm. Um, and it's just very different. It's obviously out of place. Uh, and this it's perfectly circular as well. Um, and to look at it is very deep. Uh, the water is extremely clear. The water you passed through to get to here um, uh, on the boat was not as clear as this water. This, this water is very, very clear, but still very green. Um, and roll a perception for me, everybody, if you guys are kind of, you're kind of at the edge of this peeking over. So this is like a hundred foot, like, circle. Just 100, yeah, hundred foot diameter. Really awesome clear water. Yeah. Mm. Twenty-five. All right. Twenty-four. Dang. 24. Wow, okay. We, we see good. all. Alright, so Misiko and Burb actually didn't join you on this trip. Um, Misiko, Burb, yeah, Misiko, Burb's still Misiko resting. Misiko left. Uh, Misiko is actually staying in a different cabin. 
he stay he was staying outside at getting supplies ready and they gave him his own cabin to stay in outside. He's taking that too. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so you looking down in there, you can see the shadows of big swimmy cats um, down close to the bottom of this this deep deep like it seems to be is even deeper than it is wide, and it just goes straight down these this 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 pool of water. Uh, you can see just several shadowy cats that are you know like swimming like. You would assume, I guess, a cat in the water. Cat in the water would, if it could swim, and it had big fins underneath each the pits of each of its legs I wanna and webbed claws. Slish the water around okay. with the the cane, just right. trying to attract their attention. Okay, they're so Lazy deep water. that they don't actually notice the slishing. Is um, there a rock nearby? A big, large rock? And Torque notices you looking. <laughs> Torque notices you looking around. He says, "Oh, don't worry, I've got something to attract him." Um, attract them. Give me one moment. He takes uh, Justine and he walks her about... Throws her into the water. <laughs> <laughs> no, Come on now. No, he walks, he walks farther away and finds a, the driest spot he can. He puts down a little thing for her to sit on. He kind of hides her underneath a, a cloak uh, and puts her near this bush. And, you know, he hear, you hear him whispering to her. And then he comes back and he takes something out of his pack. This just wrapped up. It's a Blinks costume and a tube of lipstick. <laughs> it is not. That's the coconuts in there too. Um, he as he's begins unwrapping it, and you immediately begin to smell the smell of rotting fish. Um, this is it was well wrapped in this pack, but now that it's out, you can smell it. He's unwrapping as he's unwrapping. He says, point "All right." The cane at the water. Okay. He's unwrapping it, and he says, uh, "Now we're going to attract him with this fish. They love they love nasty fish. It seems." Um, things you need to know about Blinkses. Uh, they can scratch you, and it hurts really bad. They can open you up with their claws. If they bite you, prepare to leave this universe, or pre prepare to leave this plane of existence. It doesn't feel good, but you'll survive it, uh, based on most of what I've seen. Anyone we've gotten back has survived, but they have been injured. You're basically uh, talking about noodling for catfish at this point. Yeah. You're describing the same yeah. thing. And then their tails are poisonous. They will hurt you. So watch out for their tails. As he unwraps the uh, fish, he says, alright, is everyone ready? Yes. Do you have any sort of antidote for the poison on their tails? No. Okay. <laughs> but it wears off eventually. Just regular poison? I guess. Hey. <laughs> we don't, I don't know, I'm not, a, I'm not a poison connoisseur. <laughs> I didn't know if it was like a blinking kind of thing. Oh, no. Yeah, Fine. he says, this poison. poison just hurts you, but I'm not a poison connoisseur. And he flings the dead fish into the water. And as soon as the dead fish hits the water, you see three of the shadows in the bottom begin to dart up to the thing on all sides of the on all sides of the thingamajigger. Um, and they begin to dart up. When they reach the thing, I want to freeze the water around them. Okay, gotcha, cool. Um, so we'll call that a surprise. So we'll let you we'll let you do that first. Um, and then we'll roll initiative. How about that? That makes sense. Oh, we can't be rolling initiative, boys. That's not. <laughs> that's also not how surprise works. Yeah, you're right. We've dealt with that before. Okay, so what we're going to do is this is going to be a shorter episode because there's no there's no way we finish this combat encounter before we do have to shut down today. So the cliffhanger of today is the 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 um, shadows begin rocketing to the surface. And as they move, they reveal in the bottom of the pool as well, 
a lot more shadows <laughs> that look the same shape. But as they come to the surface, getting closer, as Grim prepares his cane to freeze water, beginning to you know put it into the water to freeze, uh, you can see the 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 big saucery eyes of of uh, these blinkses, and you can see them burying their teeth and reflecting the moonlight are just these jet black, extremely long bangs. Uh, and he says, and Torque um, pulls out uh, a javelin, and he says, Well, friends, I certainly hope I don't see you on the other side. And that will be the end of today's episode. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe if you're on YouTube. If you're on iTunes, leave us a review. And if you like the show, just let us know. You know, you can send me an email at taintmediagames at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at taintmediagames. Um, but until next time, please remember that we love you very much. Bye. Toodles. Later. Thank you.